0: Welcome to the Essential Skills for Training podcast series. The intention behind the series was to bring together warrior women who are advanced in their practice or their sport, who are athletes, women who train a lot, uh, women who are coaches, to talk about how they train the processes, the methods, how they have cultivated and developed a training practice. And so this series is for women who train and want to learn about these practices and these methods used by these warrior women. So many women overtrain and undernourish themselves. They aren't following a process and method that is right for them for their physiology and their cycle. And this has birthed an epidemic of hormonal imbalances, poor thyroid and metabolic function and irregular cycles. And I often hear the struggle and the frustration that they can't get the results that they want from their training. And so I want to talk about how important it is to create a practice a training practice that just training or just working out or sweating isn't supporting them it isn't enough if we want to cultivate results from our training if we want to build strong more resilient capable bodies we need a process we need a method we need to train to support our physiology And so I want to share the process, the methods, the programming, the progressions, the recovery practices that these warrior women do. So in this series, we're going to cover their why, why they train, why they do the sport that they do, their beliefs around training, uh, their training practice, their processes, their methods to help them progress in their training and their sport and we'll talk about their recovery protocols. So welcome to the first episode of Essential Skills for Training series. Today's episode is with Lucy Bartholomew. Lucy is an Australian ultra marathon runner sponsored by Solomon Australia, Sunto, Spring Bar, and Levent. She ran her first 100K distance when she was 15, which is super badass, and she is a little bit of a rule breaker which I love. She uses her Instagram platform to share her sport and to inspire as many people as possible to challenge themselves and to get outdoors. She is an advocate for the environment and loves mountains. And she has one of the biggest smiles I have ever seen. Lucy and I first connected on Instagram after she made a post about periods and running. And in the first episode of this series, Lucy talks about her training practice, what a week of training looks like for her and how she recovers. She shares her why for training and what she's learned about herself and her body through her sport. We talk about her cycle and how periods aren't really spoken about in the endurance community. I believe Lucy is a warrior woman and I really enjoy this conversation with her. So enjoy the first episode of the Essential Skills for Training series. This is the Off-Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy-Kate Go. My guest today is a fellow Aussie. She is an Australian ultra marathon runner. She ran her first 100K when she was 15, which is super cool, very inspiring, and pretty badass. She uses her Instagram platform to share her sport, her journey, and to inspire as many people as possible to challenge themselves and to get outdoors. She is an advocate for the environment. She loves mountains and movement, and she is a fur mama to Tani. Lucy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. That was quite an intro. (laughs) Uh, It's Tani is that your fur baby? That is
1: right. Yeah. A little tiny, Um, and she's what, she's five months old now and yeah, gets away with doing a whole lot of stuff she's
0: not meant to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for being a part of this essential skills for training series. Uh, I am super excited that, uh, you made the space to come on and talk about your training.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on and creating this series. I think it's, um, you know, I said to you before we started this, that this is something a little different for me and that's exciting. I do a lot of podcasts and I kind of just go on repeat. So this is kind of nice and I think I'm going to learn something from this series too.
0: Great. Yeah. The intention behind the series was to bring together women like warrior women who are advanced in their practice or their sport to talk about how they train. So I've been a coach for 12 years and now when I work with women, I, I teach them how to train and that's what they're really curious about, like the process and the method. Uh, so today we're going to dive into your how to train. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's super cool. I've really
1: seen, especially in in my world of ultra and trail running, that women have started to realize, and you know, this is Dr. Stacey Sims's kind of quote, that women are not small men. And especially in ultra running, when you're doing something that is quite uh, different and there's not a lot of training and coaches and especially female coaches out there, Um, but when you go into that long distance, because it's about mind more so than the body, I think, um, you know, women have come out on top quite a few times. So we come with an advantage. Um, (laughs) and I think that's really interesting.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: (laughs) That was a polite way of saying that we normally beat the boys.
0: (laughs) Uh, that's uh, I. That's beautifully expressed and articulated, <laughs> and I really like that. Uh, and yeah, I think the mind is a really big part of it uh, when it comes to an endurance-based sport. So I'm really looking forward to to listening uh, to your how when it comes to the mind. Uh, and Lucy and I first connected on Instagram. She made a post about periods and running, and we will connect in on that. I'd love to speak to you about that, and uh, really in the context of the sport. Uh, But first, I'd love to start with just a little bit about your story. So I know you love to run. You love to run long distances. Uh, And really here is, I love asking about why. So why do you train and why do you do the sport that you do? Uh, So I'd love for you to share your why and what you do. Yeah,
1: I I love that. And I'm always, so I actually just finished reading a book called Starting With Your Why. Um, So for anything that you do, it's kind of the best place to start. It's not where and when and how, it's just why. Um, And so for me, my why is always, it's always shifting, but it always centers around, you know, ultra running and trail running the sport I do is a very selfish sport at the crux of it. So you have to be doing it partly for yourself. And I love that challenge. I love the growth that comes with it. You know, when I started getting into running, it was to share with my dad and it was about um, bonding with him and spending time with him. And then uh, during school, it was more of like I ran as a stress relief as something to centre myself when I couldn't understand studying and um, a lot of the stuff going on at school and to run away from problems and that's still a reason today um but then going when I left school it became uh such a passion that I I traveled a little bit and I spent money and I wanted to explore and I wanted to meet people and I met communities and was like well this is this is why I do the sport then I it became my my job you know it was what I wrote on my passport slippers when I entered countries and so it became you know a source of income and a source of making my way of living. Um, which is an interesting why because it's it's very different to how it started. And then I've kind of especially during this time of this pandemic, my why has been like, well, you know, there's no races, there's no money, there's no like, what why are you getting out and still running? And it's it really comes back to, I just love the the feeling and the empowerment that comes with moving yourself through roads, tracks, trails, mountains, beaches, um, and going, looking back and going, I came from there and now I'm here. And, you know, you can do that with my whole journey running a hundred K's at 15 and now I'm here. And, you know, some, I'd argue that I've gone backwards in some aspects and forward in many, but you know, as long as I'm putting one foot in front of the other in whatever direction, then, you know, movement is good.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And what I hear from uh, how you express that is it can shift. The why can shift uh, depending on where you are in the sport, in the journey. uh, And like, that's okay. The why for it to shift. Um, Yeah. But often I think what happens is that, so many people's whys, especially when it's women and training and women in sport, can be from this place of fear and scarcity. Uh, And they can lose that they do the sport to connect to the body or to connect to the environment. Uh, And throughout the sport and your journey in it, have you had that... uh, I guess have you have you experienced that relationship with the sport uh that your y shifted uh from this place of you know empowerment and you know getting to move your body and being connected to the environment to a place of fear of scarcity Have you ever experienced that
1: yeah definitely um I think that when your why or what you love or the thing that you do is should never become your identity. And that's kind of something that I, especially in the last two years and this pandemic has done nothing, but kind of help me with this is that when you're, that becomes your identity, your why can get really lost, you know, because you're doing it because that's what you do. That's what you should do. That's what you were made to do. And I You know, I believe all humans are born to run, but it doesn't mean we have to do it. And um, the fear of if if I'm not a runner, then what am I? That's a huge thing. And when I got injured at the start start of 2019, I you know, I wasn't able to run. And then I just went into panic mode and I felt my body and my mind kind of in that flight of fight scenario. And it kind of became scared and, you know, I was worried and I was anxious and it just really showed me how much I lean on running and that that's probably like a little unbalanced. And so I've really worked on being being so much more than that and sharing so much more than that on social media to say you know it's fine if you don't run every day and you know like yeah you're not just the the acts that you do you can be so much more
0: yeah i i love that and when i was competing in olympic lifting Uh, my relationship to it became quite negative. I attached my self-worth on the bar, how well I lifted. I was always known as the pretty lifter. And so it was, you know, how much I lifted, how well I lifted, uh, even to the point of like writing in my training journal, you know, it had to look a certain way and uh, I had to actually step away from the bar and heal that relationship, get super curious about it. And because it was from fear and scarcity.
1: Yeah. I think that's, um, it's really funny because at the moment, you know, I, I haven't been tracking my runs as much because um, just there's a a lot of restrictions around running and I have an exemption, but I don't want to show to the world or especially to Victorians that I I can still train over the hour and stuff. And um, yeah, not having that being uploaded to a, a public platform that everyone can look at. It's suddenly like, you know, I feel like walking this hill, no one's going to know and no one's going to care. And that's really just like super refreshing because I realized that suddenly I was running because I cared that someone else would see that I was, that if I walked or that I was running and running faster because I wanted to impress like the 16,000 people that follow my Strava. And I was shocked i was wow i thought you know i'm not that's not intuition that's uh that's fear of other people's opinions and that's ego and that's uh that's something that's not good to be fueled on yeah
0: (laughs) i'll often do that sometimes if i'm going to film something just the actual it being filmed or, or like it motivates you and i think that's okay sometimes but yeah it's always coming back to this place of you know, why, why am I doing this? Why am I doing the sport? Is it for an external validation or is it for an internal validation? I think both are, are totally cool and they have their place, but uh, yeah, it's, I think where so many of us, especially in a performance or if you're an athlete, you, this is all, you know, and this is all you do. And so there is this yeah, attachment that you have to this, this sport, uh, how well you performed your times that, uh, can be dangerous. Uh, but I think the new rhythm of the world, it's kind of pretty cool because it's bringing up a lot of, uh, space to explore some of this stuff that may not be explored because you're in it. Otherwise, like you're in the practice and in the training. Yeah, and I like you say, I think
1: that. For me, it's very much about the vocabulary I use around my training or my passions. You know, it's, do I want to run? Do I have to run? Or do I need to run? And I don't have to have to run. I don't have to do that. Do I want to do it? Then that's awesome. Do I need to do it? Yeah, there is an aspect because it is my job and I do have obligations to be, you know, relatively fit for these races. Um, I can kind of get away with not being super fit because they're so long, it's just... Just walking and eating. Um, But (laughs) it's like a buffet on the go. (laughs) So I look at it. (laughs) Maybe I can get you into the sport. Um, But yeah, I totally agree. I think that you know, having that space and having that time to reflect and be like, oh, you know. I I want running to be a part of my life, race or no race, sponsorship or no sponsorship, if no one cared or if everyone cared. Um, and that's kind of something I've had to come to terms with. And this time, like you say, this change of rhythm, I think you're seeing a lot of people that are kind of going, you know, what? I just, I love running and I love it doing it by myself. I don't need to be always in a group. I don't always need to be held accountable. I am my own motivation and my own biggest fan. And that's something that I think we all just kind of bounced off each other. Um, the need for someone else to say, let's go for a run. And instead it's very intrinsic of, I want to go for a run.
0: Yeah, that's very powerful. Those three, those three words, those three sentences, do I have to? Do I need to? Do I want to? I really love that. So let's talk about your training practice, uh, like your processes, your methods, your recovery protocols. There's a lot in this, so which uh, is fair because there's a lot in being able to run a hundred kilometers. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know I I've been training now
1: for training i've been running for nine so years and i've had different coaches all along that have had different um kind of priorities in my training and going back when i first started running and i was in high school i had a coach who was very much focused on the numbers the splits the watch you know the heart rate and i'm not a numbers person but i ran and was my eyes were glued to my watch and i watched the numbers Be on, be right and be wrong, and I failed runs and I passed runs in my mind, Um, and that didn't last very long, and it didn't make me thrive as a human being or as an athlete. I then got trained by someone who focused more on just long days and was like, you know, just build your love of the sport, go out to the mountains, pack a sandwich, sit down, enjoy a view, continue on running, and just have a great time, but spend many hours out there. And that was awesome. And then when I wanted to get a bit uh, more competitive, I needed to add in the hard work. And so I had a friend coach me and he added in this nice mix of, um, you know, there was speed, there was long days, there was soul runs, there was hard work, and then there was easy days and there was rest and a really nice balance. And that was kind of when I came into into my own. And then I, I had great success in those races. And then I thought, well, to be a better runner, I need to run more. And if there's anything that anyone can take from this podcast, that is not true. Um... That and that, you know, this is a great podcast. Um, <laughs> take those two things. Um, so I found this, the coach that was, pre, the, my friend who was coaching me, he said, oh, like, I don't really think that's a good idea. And I said, great, I'll find someone who thinks that's a good idea then, <laughs> which is just shows my mentality in this sport, right? Like, if you don't like it, then I will go and find someone who does and I will do it anyway. And uh, so I found this new coach and he was like, yeah, yep, yeah, totally 220 K weeks. No worries. So I was running prior to that up to hundred miles, 160 K weeks. And then I did this 220 K week. I flew to America for this big race um, and had a terrible time. I was completely burnt out, had outrun my love of running. Um, and I watched my body just completely uh, changed, just completely stopped um, processing things. Things shut down. Things didn't feel great. My mindset was terrible and that fear and that scarcity and that anxiety because I wasn't going to be able to perform and I knew that, but I was just faking it and faking it and faking it, hoping that I'd make it. Um, And then after that race, I uh, found another guy who kind of said to me, sounds a bit odd, found another guy, but I found (laughs) another guy, a coach reached out to me and he, um, he's been my coach at the moment. And he has the most beautiful uh, way of treating training is training is life. All right. You're not training for races. You're training to enhance your life, to improve, to add to it. And that that means, you know, looking at the holistic approach of both your physical, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, um, and just kind of you know that the logs aren't how far did you run, how long did it take you. It's oh, so how's Tani? And you know, like make you know, did you get did you eat that burrito that you're asking about? And did you go to the cafe? and Did you run with your dad like you said you were going to? Like it's it's so much more and like how are you feeling and what's been going on? And to have a coach that you can talk about the whole. Uh, everything around your training is so, so important to me. And it's very much kind of what fills me up and motivates me more. It's not asking me, did you run 220 Ks this week? It's asking like, Oh, like, do you feel good? Does your body feel good? Are you stoked on running? Are you excited for your rest day? Um, I'm not really sure if I'm answering your question, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I think that you (laughs) are. Um, So at the moment, I mean, because there are no racing, but like generally my weeks are, you know, they're a mixture of running, they're a mixture of yoga and strength training, they're a mixture of eating and sleeping, um, dog walks, baths. Um, (laughs) you know, as far as I see it sleeping, like there are all these percentages, um, that I really focus on, you know, and part of that is, you know, supplements and, and eating well and taking the time to breathe and to, to be, um, so yeah, I mean the sport of running and and especially ultra running, it seems really intense and extreme, but I think I let people down when I'm like, oh yeah, I don't really run over, you know, like 90 minutes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's often cause it's, there's, uh, so much focus on the numbers or the distance and, you know, we may only see the race, the hundred mile, the hundred kilometers. And we often think, and I love how you said at the start that, uh, if there's something that you can take away is that you don't have to run more to get better at running, and I love that. And often this is where there's this gap in uh, the health and fitness space in not so much now when it comes to uh, sports and athletes. I think that a recovery protocol and, and actually having this practice, like you were speaking about with the coach that you're working with now, to me, when you talk about that, it is a practice. Uh, it's not just... I'm just running or I'm just training. There are so many components to it uh, and recovery is a a big one. Uh, But often we think that more is better. And uh, there's a quote by a teacher in the movement space that says, more isn't better, better is better, which I also really love. Uh,
1: Mm, I love that.
0: Yeah, because we do. And like, that's not our fault that we think that way. But we be, we believe that, you know, if we do more, run more, train more, that we'll become, you know, faster, we could run longer, we'll become stronger. Uh, and that's a lot of the time, not the case, because we don't actually have everything else set up, uh, like you were talking about your recovery protocols, getting sunshine, connecting with your family and your dog, all of those things are really important.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think it's really, it's funny because I was speaking to my dad about this um, the other night and I, you know, it, during this ch- crazy times, you know, I think that everyone's saying, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm not my best self. And I think that's a really interesting concept because some, why isn't your good self good enough? You know, we're all striving for best and the perfect and the perfect body and the best self and the higher this higher self that really doesn't exist because you're always going to think you could be better and I think it's the same in training is that like oh like I just need to do more to be better to be my best self and you know when I get down to this weight I'll be that much better and when I win this race I'll suddenly have made it in my life and the, the reality is and you come you know I don't think anyone will ever come to terms with it but there is no finish line um there is no thing that you're Going to achieve that is going to make you suddenly a more valuable person to this world. You are just as valuable as you are now, and I think that the words like "just," you know, like you are saying, "Oh, I'm just doing this. I just run this this amount." That word "just" is so dim- dimin- 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 diminishing. I don't know. What that <laughs> yeah, diminishing. Uh, diminishing that's the one yeah um diminishing to what you're doing you know oh i just went for a run no you freaking went for a run you did that you know we get it in a lot in our sport um there'll be races of 100 k's and then they might have a 22 kilometer race and before you know before the event everyone's like oh i'm just doing the 22k and it's like if you're not running the 100k then you're not really. Participating, and that you're like taking the soft option or the weak option. And I you know, usually would go for the long distance because I had that same mentality. I was like, no, I'm an ultra running. I must run a hundred It's Like, this is what I'm here and known for. And the other year I went and did the 22K and everyone that said, oh, you're just doing the 22K. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm doing the 22K. Or people were like, oh, are you injured? And I was like, if I was injured, I wouldn't be on a start line. Um, but it's like this thing of you're doing the small, the small distance. And I can tell you that I've never pulled up as sore and not been able to walk after that 22k give me a 100k give me 100 miles any day of the week um that short option is not just 20 22ks or not just another race it is like yeah something i'm super proud of and something that people need to pull themselves in on on you know that word just because uh you're more than that
0: yeah it's dangerous it's a dangerous word uh And thank you. Thank you for highlighting that. And I think it's really important. Language is so important, especially when you're in a sport or you have it, you're trying to cultivate a training practice is the, what's the story that you're telling yourself and what's the language that you're using? Uh, Okay. So with your, I know the rhythm of the world has changed your training, but could you talk a little bit about like... What a week looks like. What do what do your runs look like? What does your yoga and your mobility look like? What does a recovery protocol look like?
1: Yeah. So uh, today's Monday in Australia, and it's my rest day. I kind of have a love hate relationship with Mondays because I look forward to them so much, and then when I get to them, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I've got nothing to do today. <laughs> <laughs> you know especially at these times so I was so stoked when I you were like what day works And I was like Monday <laughs> give Put me something, something in there yeah I have this like train this um calendar and I'm just like one thing every day um so but you know this morning I walked my dog and I went with my dad and we went for a walk and ran a bit around the oval with a soccer ball and then I just went into the we have a little gym set up in our garage and did some mm, less like weights but more just kind of re or prehab for my hamstring that I did injure uh, and just some kind of balance stuff. We also set a slack line up in the garden, which has been super fun. Um, Slightly dangerous, but very fun. (laughs) Um, And then, well, Tuesday is just an easy run and I'll usually... Oh, yeah, that's pretty much all I'll do, really. I might get on the bike afterwards um, and cycle to the store or something. And then Wednesday is my workout. So workout Wednesdays are kind of the day that I feel like my week starts after that. I get a little bit like uh, a bit anxious for it because I know that they're tough runs. Um, But then Wednesday afternoon is always kind of like really high on making up a really nice meal and treating myself no matter how that session went, just being like, yeah, I'm going to make pancakes for dinner or something. Um, then Thursday, yeah, easy long run, which is just like a soul feeling run. Usually I'd get onto some trails, but I can't do that at the moment. So I'm just kind of taking new paths and mapping out new runs and enjoying, enjoying the views and, you know, waving to people. If they're people, I'm not sure what's under there. um, And then Friday is my super easy run Uh, it's really short, 45 minutes. And I just love finishing that on the oval and I'll kick off my shoes and run around bare feet. I find that's really good just for my, all my little muscles or little bones in my uh, feet and just to kind of, yeah do some strides so strides are just where you run really hard for 10 20 seconds and I find that really empowering because it's just like 20 seconds of looking like a badass and then you just walk back (laughs) and then (laughs) all the dog owners are like whoa she's so fast oh she's walking (laughs) (laughs) um and then Saturday at the moment usually the weekends are two long runs but because of um this lockdown long runs around here aren't like super amazing. So I'm actually doing a second session on Saturday and that's just another, yeah, another day of hard work, another morning of hard work. And then the afternoon is puppy cuddles and self love. And then Sunday is yeah, a soul feeling long run for the to end the week, which is usually sometimes I'll put a podcast in if I, you know, the week has definitely caught up to me and I need some motivation or some music Um, but yeah, usually it's just kind of, and then I'll have a bath because then I get to stay clean all of Monday and that's a real highlight. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. You're inside and you're clean. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's, you know,
0: it's,
1: it's so strange.
0: I just, I really don't like love showering,
1: but on Monday I'm like, I put on like, you know, like a normal bra and I put on some, like a normal t-shirt and I'm like, Oh, look at me. (laughs) I'm going nowhere. (laughs)
0: it's like you take off the uniform and you get to put on your comfy clothes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, because they say, you know, the great thing to do is like get dressed up, ready for your job, you know, if you're going to work from home. And I was like, I never get out of my job clothes. Like I'm always in my running gear. So I'm going the other way and I, you know, dress up to take the bins out now.
0: Yeah. I would always say that because I have spent my whole life in lycra pretty much. I would say I'm going to put on some normal human clothes now. Yeah. I think my dog was like, who is that? Yeah. Yeah. And What does like, uh, what are some recovery protocols that you do? So, uh, you mentioned you have a bath. What, what else? Um, my recovery is pretty, uh, pretty simple. I I know there's a
1: lot of tools out there. You know, you can get these guns that shoot into your muscles. You can get these (laughs) boots that blow up and look really, really impressive, But I really just kind of do the basics of like, you know, I'll roll around on a foam roller if I kind of feel the need, but I don't religiously do it. You know, everyone's like, oh, that's going to become your best friend when you get older. And I'll just wait for that time then, you know, and I'll wait to get old and then I'll hang out with it. But at the moment, I just kind of, you know, if I feel like a tight quad or something I'll roll but otherwise I have a bath that has like mineral salts in it that kind of makes my muscles relax I eat a lot um, which is really important for recovery I don't I eat a plant-based diet so I just really make sure to recover with you know uh, high protein and nutrient dense food and drink a lot of water and then, yeah, you know, sleep. Like I sleep a lot. Uh, I, I, I sound really boring, but I, um, I pretty much just uh, eat, sleep, train, repeat, and um, that's it. And shower occasionally.
0: Yeah, just on Sunday nights or Mondays. Yeah.
1: You know it. That's my I schedule.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, and I love that. I love the simplicity in that. And it is simple. (laughs) We like to make it complex. We like to search for more information, more answers. We like to, yeah, use all the tools, but often we're missing the basics, the foundation, which is what you mentioned. It's, I, I eat food, enough food for me to refuel. I sleep. I, Uh, If my body's sending me a message like your hamstring, you attend to it. You do a mobility or a movement practice. You balance your running with your yoga or your stretching. Um, And yeah, I really, I love the simplicity in that because I think it is that simple.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think we all forget about the tool that is ourselves rather than, you know, we're all looking for these outer these things we can buy and these things we can take, you know, but we, we are our own best tool. And you look at the the best runners in the world that live in Kenya and Ethiopia, you know, they don't have all these things yet. They're the best. Um, and all they, you know, I watched, watched many clips and read many books and the crux of it. And it's so disappointing to everyone. It's, uh, eat, sleep and run. And, um, just to have a a good mindset on that and an enjoyment and find comfort in that routine. And yeah, just enjoy the process. So that's what I do.
0: Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about mindset? Because at the start, uh, you mentioned that this, this sport uh, is really a lot about the mind and I'd love just to speak to you about that because Now, the longest I've ever ran is 15 kilometers. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, I know. But uh, it, it was awesome. And I remember the last few kilometers. And this, you can relate this to anything. And when I was lifting, you know, when you get to a certain weight, uh, it becomes about a mental game. The, The body is amazing. The body can do amazing things, but what often stops us is our minds. I remember that when I was lifting I had to, when I would get up to near my max weights, I'd have to turn away so my coach could load the bar so I didn't know because it would play with my mind so much. If I knew the number that I was going for uh, and so I would often have to turn away so I didn't know and then I could step up to the bar and lift. But it does, when you get to a point, it becomes uh, such a mental game and I'd love to hear about uh your relationship with the mind when you're running
1: yeah well just on the the, the, obviously weightlifting is not my sport but um it's really funny because we've got a bar and we've got different colored weights and i used to squat with always the uh the greens on or something and then we got new plates and suddenly the the weight of the green became yellow and I put the green back on the green was now like five kilos more but suddenly I was doing it and I think I was the same thing I was just like no no green's my limit green's my limit but then if green actually changed it was like okay I think I'm just dedicated to the color not the weight <laughs> and I, I thought it was really interesting but yeah, speaking about mindset you know I people ask at 15 how did you run 100 k and I really believe that I was blissfully unaware and super naive you know I I didn't drive because lots of people you know the standard answer is oh I wouldn't drive that far and the thing is is that I was 15 I'd never driven so I didn't know what 100k's looked like you know I normally fell asleep if my parents drove me anywhere so I was like oh we're here already amazing um And so I had no concept of distance, you know, a hundred Ks. Yeah. Triple digit number. That's big. Um, but I wasn't like, uh, I I didn't think, Oh wow. Like that's, you know, that's 10 times 10 Ks. I wasn't mathematic like that about it. I was just like, Oh, amazing. Like, that that's cool. You ran from sunrise to sunset. Wow. You can do a lot in a day and you chose to do that. (laughs) And so I think it was just kind of, I was always like, Oh, cool. I'll just hang out with dad. And because the sport of ultra running is, you know, it's low intensity. It is long, but it's very much broken up with, you know, you do need to fuel yourself and hydrate. And I was just excited by the fact that, yeah, we got to eat candy and we got, you know, there happened to be these in races, eight stations. That was just, smorgasbord of food and I could walk through and take whatever I wanted and feel my pack up and go again. Um, but, you know, if you, if you think about running and, and to bring it back to something that maybe people understand more is that when you run a marathon, everyone will say that at 30 kilometers, you hit this wall. And it's, it's kind of the time they say, you know, usually your body's used all the glycogen up and so you're just depleted and then you'll, yeah, you'll hit this wall and you will fatigue. And it, people tell themselves this story based on one person that had this experience. And then it became this, this, uh, legend that that's, what's going to happen. And it's just, you know, my dad said it, everyone said it to me when I ran this hundred K dad said, you know, what? 30 K is going to hit this wall. And then you're probably going to like really struggle for a bit and then hopefully we'll bounce back and then, you know, we'll slog it into the finish. And I just remember thinking like, I didn't have a watch. I just ran and ran and ran. I got to a checkpoint. I said, what are we at? And they said, oh, you're at 45 kilometers. And I was like, huh, didn't see the wall, didn't feel the wall. I don't really believe in the wall. And I think that the the, the way we talk to ourselves and, like you said, the story we tell ourselves. you know, if you run towards a hill and you say, oh, I hate hills, like I suck at hills, oh, I've got to slow down heat, then that's what's going to happen because you've already told yourself, you've told your body, Oh yeah, we're gonna slow down. Oh, we hate hills. Look, look how bad this is. If you look at a hill and you go, "Wow, like, it's such a cool opportunity!" Like the view from the top is gonna be stellar. I can't wait to get up it. You know, yeah, it's gonna you're gonna work a little harder, but you're going to be in this mindset of like, "No, I know I can do this." You know, it's like the little train that said, "I think I can," um, and it's just being like, "No, I know I can." You know, I just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. This hill will end. The view will be amazing, and I'll. I'll be super proud of myself for getting up it and that's just for me in, in this sport it's just having the the mindset and the ability to be like okay so this race is 100 kilometers yeah I know how long that can be now I've run it really fast and I've had races but it's felt like eternity but what I've realized is that everything passes you know you can be feeling good you can then you'll have hard moments but you'll have hard moments and then you'll feel good and it's kind of just having that ability to stay present you know look towards the future of like okay you know i do need to keep eating i need to keep drinking i need to look after myself so that my future self is able to move forward but you need to have this ability to to really sit within yourself and be like okay this is you know, it's not comfortable to run for, you know, the most I've run for is 19 hours and it's not, I'm not like, Oh, it's super easy. It's, you know, it's just coming to terms and sitting in it and being like, cool. All right. This is where I'm at. This is how I feel. This is what's coming up. This is the people I get to see the food that's going to be on my table that I get to eat. This is like the opportunities are endless instead of seeing it as, dear Lord, I have another seven hours of this. How can I get out? Oh, my ankle feels a little sore. Oh, I think my, my hand's a little swollen. You know what? Like, I think it's going to rain. And that's, that's kind of a deal breaker.
0: Um,
1: you just have to be like, great. Like I am going to be a warrior woman and I'm just going to like hustle on through this and come out the other side, finding this whole new realm of growth that I didn't know I had.
0: Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. And I think coming back to your why, why am I doing this? You're in choice. You get to choose to be out there. You get to choose to do it. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to be uh, uncomfortable and it's not going to be painful. But yeah, like you said, in that comes the, comes the growth, uh, comes the learning. And I think if we can relate it back to you know, connecting the dots back in our lives, a lot of the things that are uncomfortable and that may have caused pain, you know, when we can close the gap between that, there is a learning there and there is growth. Uh, but yeah, thanks for for sharing your um, your thoughts on the mindset piece, because it's so important. And often that I think as humans, we like to shy away from discomfort and pain. Uh, But I think sometimes when you go into that, there is a real possibility there.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, change is uncomfortable. It's something that, you know, we have this world and we have these routines and, you know, something like we can wake up with our and our heater turns on in our house and we get warm, we get into our car, we turn the heater on, it's warm, we go to our job, it's warm, you know, and then the moment, you know, like the heater breaks, people just flip out, you know, and it's like, dude, you have the ability to put another jumper on and to take control of that situation and to make yourself feel comfortable again. But it's because it's a different way of doing it. And I think that, you know, I think women in ultra running, it's it's really interesting because they seem to sit better with discomfort and they seem to be able to prolong and to sit within it for a longer period of time and almost, find joy within it you know they don't try and fight it they sit in it and they're okay with it and you see that with you know there's the likes of um Courtney Dewater, who's kind of the phenomenon in ultra running especially in the females and she just has this mindset and this philosophy of like I not only chose to do this I paid money to enter and do this so you know it's very much uh, I'm committed to this. I did this to myself. Uh, so I expect no sympathy from everyone, anyone else. And, you know, at the end of the day, I know that I'll look back and be stoked that I did it. Um, and yeah, she just smiles through it and smiles within it. And I think that the the world could learn a lot from someone like her.
0: Yeah. And that's beautiful because, uh, it's choice. We're in choice to do that. And now it's not saying that it's not going to be unpleasant and painful and fun and joyful and all of the emotions, but yeah, at the end of the day, we're so privileged that we have the choice to show up and do the sport or enter the run or, you know, lift the weight, um, which is super magical.
1: Yeah. And imagine how people are going to feel after all these crazy times, you know, they're going to stand on the start line and they'll be like, I can't wait to be uncomfortable. I can't wait to be cold and I can't wait to be hungry and running and to have the the buffets and to hug my friends and to slip in the mud. You know, suddenly we're going to, I think we'll embrace it, but it's just holding on to that because I think, you know, after the first time they'll be like, okay, we can go back to uh, air conditioning and
0: heating, please. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I wanted to finish on one thing, which is, uh, what connected us together, which is the post about periods and running. And, uh, I'm just going to read a little bit of the post if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. So this is the, you posted a picture and then you said, this is the type of face you get when you bring up periods and running, which I love that opener. I thought it was, (laughs) I thought it was so cool. And then you go on to say, last week I spoke on my story about how I have my period before my long run and how it affects the way that I feel, how it changes what I wear and how it changes my body. And Then you finish by saying, honestly, I don't think this is talked about enough. And as a younger female in the sport uh, who has years of this ahead and I want to learn and I want to share and I want to break down barriers. Uh, And I love that post thank you yeah, yeah it was um i have to say it's a little outside of my comfort
1: zone as well and it's that's just because of the world we're brought up in where it's just not something that's commonly spoken about um but yeah the feedback and the response on it was really educating for me really eye opening and yeah i'm stoked that it resonated with you and connected us to uh, to do this
0: Yeah. And I think like you just said, it's, you know, talking about periods can be uncomfortable. We don't know what to say. Even as females, we weren't taught about it in school. Uh, and then, uh, when we enter a world of performance and sport, uh, there are a lot of male coaches in that world and they also aren't taught about it. I've been a coach for 12 years. I've done two degrees. I wasn't even really taught about the cycle and the hormonal changes and how that can affect, uh, you know, our performance, how we recover, how we use food as fuel. And so seeing that post, Uh, One, it's super brave because talking about it is uncomfortable. So I want to just say thank you for using the platform to start the conversation, which is super cool. Uh, Yeah, but I think starting the
1: conversation somewhere, I mean, it takes two to to have a conversation and then to have the amount of responses and people that were suddenly willing to share and to talk about their experiences or ask questions and then seeing women um, connect over it, you know, people answering from all over the world, you know. Someone from Spain was asking about something and someone from, you know, uh, Indonesia was replying. And I just love that. I think it really kind of brought back to me that, you know, we're all... Kind of, we're in this together, right? And it's just something that we all experience, and especially in the in the elite world, you know, like having a period is almost like rare, and that's where I kind of was struggling with was that I was like, well, you know, I do, I do have this process, and I am healthy enough to be able to undergo a menstruation, and I, yeah, just was like, well, if they don't know, maybe my community knows, and thank God
0: they all do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. can you talk about is is this one of the challenges and the pressures in the sport does it come up often it does I mean when you're going to run all day
1: and you race you know you can race every weekend and people do in this sport because of the low intensity uh, people just seem to back up and back up and back up and usually that will you'll hit one of those days on the month and you'll hit it on the head um and you see the sport is changing and it definitely is making um making room for that kind of thing so like a race like uh, the western states 100 miles which is a 100 mile race in america um in california it's it's a pretty you know it started as a horse race it's very western in it's kind of heritage um and you know very american in in some of their philosophies which is great makes it the race it is but um they signed up to become this female i'm not sure exactly what it was called but it was like you know we support females and by that it means that they provide sanitary products at aid stations there was kind of a list of things that they needed to do to fulfill it they needed to have a certain percentage of the field uh, for females they needed to i don't know what else there was but that was huge because these men who run this race were just like Sorry, what? (laughs) Um, No, this is just running. We provide watermelon and oranges at the (laughs) aid station. You know, like we give you a bib and we'll see you in a hundred miles. but it's not that there's so much more to it. And I think it really opens um, the eyes. It's like the environmental people being like, Oh, my race is coupless. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to cut it these days. Most races are coupless, but if you can differentiate yourself and say, you know, we're going to support what is the minority, you know, obviously the entry rate for male versus female, Unfortunately, uh, you know like it 's a lot harder for f- females don 't feel like they c- should be able to enter these races or do it um, but yeah it 's definitely something that i haven 't heard a lot about, and um, but I am seeing small changes and your little communities and podcasts like this, you know like when I share this with my community and kind of just saying like, "Cool, like we just totally sat down and talked about this. this is great like." This is something that we connect over. We as women are, you know, we empower each other. We can share together and acknowledge that, you know, if you're not getting a period, then that is an issue. And that is the second thing you can take from this podcast. or oh, the third thing, sorry. We've got... <laughs> more running is not enough running. This podcast is awesome. And then have that. If you're not getting a period, then that is a problem. And that is something that you can't run away from. You can't just deny. Um, And in the sport of ultra running, where you put your body under so much stress, um, yeah, you can't just be like, oh no, it's fine. Like I'm just training for a hundred miles. Like, please, I'm training for 100 miles and I get my period. We're all different, but we're also all very, very connected. And um, it's really important that we listen to all the signs or at least we talk to someone about the signs that we're, we're seeing.
0: Oh. I love that we're gonna we'll we'll end on that. I've got questions to ask you, but we're gonna end on that beautiful um those three things to take away from the podcast uh that was expressed by you. I love it, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, so if you're not getting your period that's not that's not okay. there's your body sending you messages uh and Connect in with someone that can support you in that. Okay, Lucy, we're going to do six questions. Let's do it. And this the first one we've already covered, which is why do you train? But if you could just say maybe in a a sentence for us. Uh, To empower myself. Love it. And others. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And others, uh, you have a billboard in times square and it's permanent. It's staying there forever. What does it say on it? It
1: says,
0: uh, a
1: smile can change the world.
0: Yeah. Your smile is very impactful. Yeah. Share
1: a smile. I mean, it's the best curve on anyone's body. I think that's a really cool thing to say.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, what do you like that no one else really likes?
1: Uh, Washing up. (laughs) I love cooking and I like washing up. (laughs) I'll be that person that's like stands at the sink and like at a party or something or like you know you have friends over and I'll do the cooking and then I'll be the person that stands at the sink with my hands in warm soapy water having a conversation because that's my happy comfortable place (laughs) otherwise I don't know what to do with my hands when I talk to someone.
0: (laughs) I love that I've never heard that before ever. There you go. Invite Lucy to a dinner party. Cause she'll do the washing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm on duty. No worries. <laughs> Dish. Dish. Oh, I won't say the second bit.
0: <laughs> what, uh, number four, what are your three favorite books? My three favorite books, um,
1: would be, uh, ooh, Oh man. I mean, I've I read a book called uh, Running with Sherman, which is about this guy training a donkey to run with him. This uh, donkey that he finds who's all uh, injured and been mistreated. I love that. Um, I love the book Wild uh, about a lady that goes in, walks across the desert and I really, love, I really like the book, The Power of Now. I don't really understand it, um, but I love the concept. And like, I read a little bit and I find it super exhausting because I have to try and like understand what they're trying to say. Um, but I feel like it comes into my life when I need it. And I'll always take something different away from it. And I think I've read about two pages, but I've always kind of understood something new about it. And I love that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Number five, what three things would you like to be remembered for?
1: Mm, I would like to be remembered for my smile, uh, for using my smile in my runs, in my, in my day to day life in the hard times. Uh, I'd like to be remembered for my spirit. You know, I always, do things that sets my heart on fire. If I, if it doesn't, then I don't really accept. It's kind of like this podcast. If I, I get lots and lots of opportunities to do podcasts, uh, which I'm very grateful for, but I, I've, I've gotten to a point where I will only do ones that I feel like there's something that could help someone. Um, so that, and I would like to be known for um, Yeah, I think probably just my, my fearlessness, you know, like it's, it's not been an easy path to running ultras, you know, it's running at 15, getting a lot of criticism, um, could have been an easy way to stop that road. But instead I kind of pushed on and tried to, to make the most of it and make it into something and middle finger all to all the people who didn't think I could do it. (laughs) best
0: (laughs) with a smile of course (laughs) with your big smile (laughs) okay last one do you know what day you are on in your cycle
1: yeah, this was my favorite one. When you sent me through these photos, uh, these questions, I was like, "Wow, I need to find out what this means." <laughs> I went to your Instagram and I was like, "Okay, what is? Is there an answer here? Am I meant to have some vocabulary? Do I meant to know this?" Um, but honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I do not. Um, I should track it better. I know that my brother's girlfriend, she's got this app that kind of tells, and you, she's on your Instagram. You have like the, the weeks that you're in and then how you should train towards it. And I think it's super fascinating. I'm going to go back and read it, but I literally did it five minutes before this. We started. (laughs) Um, but I know that my, you can tell me where, what day I'm on. My period finished three days ago. So where
0: am I? Oh, okay. So how long did it go for? Uh, four days. Four days. Okay. All right. So you're on like day seven, which yes. is the first phase of your cycle, your follicular phase.
1: Oh, yeah. what does and that mean?
0: So we have two phases, your follicular phase, which is, well, we, re- we really have four phases. So we have the bleed and then the, that's in the follicular phase, the first phase half and then the second half of the follicular phase which is up to ovulation and so then you ovulate it around it depends on how long your cycle is do you know how long your cycle is no okay (laughs) we'll connect again we we can have we can have have some work to do yeah we can have a cycle session and we can just chat about your cycle so Then we'll ovulate depending on how long our cycle is. Say we have like a textbook cycle, yeah? Which is like a, you know, a 28, 29, 30-day cycle, which is from like, you know, day one bleed all the way around to day one bleed again. That would be me measuring the length of the cycle. So you ovulate and then you have your luteal phase, uh, which is, you know, the first half of your luteal phase and then the second half. So right now you're in... Uh, you're about to go into that second half of your follicular phase. So you're in that first phase of your cycle where I call her Beyonce, which is estrogen. So estrogen is about to start (laughs) rising for you. uh, And then, she 'll also bring up some, uh, bring on some backup dances, which is testosterone and luteinizing hormone and so it 'll be interesting to see how if you track it, how you feel into, in your runs throughout the cycle, so you should start to feel pretty good from now on uh, into your, uh, until you reach your second phase of your cycle now like we talked about today, there are so many things within like a training practice. So it depends. Yeah. It depends on how well you slept, if you fueled yourself well enough, uh, you know, your recovery protocol. So you may not always be able to train harder and train longer, which is, you should be able to do that, you know, in the first phase of your cycle, it depends on what's happening in, you know, in all the other areas of your training practice, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll connect and have a cycle session.
1: Yeah, I feel like we could, yeah. we could go on and on because I'm just like, say, so what? I was like, I know Beyonce, put yeah. a ring on
0: it. All the single <laughs> ladies, all the single yeah. ladies.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Lucy, uh, where can people connect with you and your story? Yeah, so there. I'm on Instagram, at Lucy underscore Bartholomew.
1: Um, and then I'm on. I'm on my Facebook. I don't really use it. I just kind of share the same stuff across. Um, I'm on my Strava, but you can't follow me at the moment. <laughs> I mean, you can follow me, but I'm not uploading my training. Um, and. I have a website that I don't know what the address is because I don't really use that either. So probably Instagram, I would, (laughs) would only connect with me there.
0: Beautiful. Lucy, I want to thank you for creating this space uh, on your recovery rest day for putting me uh, as your one thing to do. I'm so grateful for your time. I know that being an athlete and, Uh, It takes up a lot of space. And so I'm super grateful for you uh, to create the space today. Well, I want to say thank you for filling
1: the big gigantic space I have of Monday. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and reaching out and kind of, yeah, like I say, I mean, you say that like an athlete life is like super intense. And I'm like, oh, it's almost lunchtime. Amazing. just add that to my to-do list (laughs) but yeah no I really appreciate it and for you know having these conversations and putting this uh information into the world and yeah being a coach and a female coach at that I think um yeah so much to learn and uh like they say you know periods are a power they're not a they're not a hassle and they're not a uh whatever they say
0: what do they say it's not a um hindrance that's the word yes Well, thank you, Warrior Woman, uh, for sharing, for sharing uh, your thoughts, your stories, uh, and yeah, I'm just so grateful. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks, Amy, and lots of love. Lots of love. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at amykatebow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.